faith, hope, prosperity. Welcome to the third episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Today you'll hear from Ken Craig about having charity and finding your life's mission. Ken is an actor, author, father, and philanthropist. We hope that as you listen, you will receive inspiration from the Spirit for your professional, personal, and spiritual life. Ken currently works for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Philanthropies Department as a donor liaison, especially over major gifts. He is a father of eight children, a professional actor, and one of the most lovable, genuine people you may ever have the pleasure of meeting. Brother Craig has seen his fair share of ups and downs, and his story provides faith-building evidence that God can and will direct you, even if not in the way you may expect. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Well, I'm here with Ken Craig. Super excited, grateful for you to for you to make the time to meet with me today. You bet. Anything anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I really want to focus first on where you started out, right? But let's start before that. Where are you now? Tell tell me about what you do and how you got into this. So for the last five years, I have worked here. This is in the uh, Philanthropies Department for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are a department under the Office of the Presiding Bishopric, and we help uh, engage with individuals and families who want to build the kingdom of God through prophetic priorities. Did you get all that? Build the kingdom <laughs> of God through prophetic priorities. So I work with I work with individuals who are philanthropic towards the church's uh, needs. So that's in um, scholarships for all the church schools, BYU, BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii, BYU-Pathway, and Enzyme College. And then also uh, gifts and donations that come in for humanitarian aid, general missionary fund, family search, church history, and things like that. So I work with donors who who make uh, gifts towards the church. Okay. So you work with, with these people, and there's a a pretty good amount, right? Does does the church release like statistics about that? I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if they release statistics <laughs> about that, but there are. I mean, yeah, there are thousands of people who who give donations to the church, from the widow's mite to you know people who, through a deferred plan gift, like their wills or trusts, will leave real estate or you know large amounts of money. So. Yeah, there are wonderful people out there. Thousands of people who want to engage with the church and make these gifts bless bless the lives of others and yeah. build the kingdom. So. I didn't know that people do real it's estate. Sort That's of, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, man. Just all like, kinds of ways to give to the church, and it's it's amazing. You get to I get to interact with really remarkable people who have a who have a desire to to give to bless the lives of others to to yeah. lift. So it kind of. I don't know, what do you think for you, meeting with these people, you know these people well, right? So what do you feel like is the biggest motivation for people? Because this is outside of tithing. Like if you're giving yeah, real estate is... to the church, why do people do that? I think I think they feel the spirit. I think there's a special spirit uh, in philanthropy work. You are... Um, You're affecting lives. You're changing and blessing and even saving lives of your brothers and sisters. And I think people feel like they are in a unique position to do that when they've been blessed 
uh, in their lives um, financially and in other ways. And they feel like, uh, I think they feel impressed that I've been in the right place at the right time. I've done well. The Lord wants me to be a wise steward with what I've been blessed with. This is the way that I can show my faith, my discipleship, show my love for my brothers and sisters. And so I, I mean, there are tax benefits, obviously, and things like that, but I don't think that that is the main motivator behind why people give. So uh, yeah, I think they, I think they have a great compassion for, for their fellow man. That's cool. That, yeah, I love it. That's got to be a good good job environment. It's pretty great, yeah. Uh, not yeah. very much like negativity, nothing. Crazy. No, not really. It's uh, Yeah, it's a wonderful environment. Yeah. Okay, so we'll rewind a little bit then. So I want to see how you got here from how, like, where things started. So tell me about education and your mission a little bit. Okay. Uh, I attended BYU. I graduated from BYU in advertising. Uh, when I started college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go to college, mostly, I think, for the social benefits, yeah. but I, I knew <laughs> I wanted to go to college. And uh, so, yeah, I, I came, did my freshman year at BYU, left on my mission. I served in Portugal and um, had a wonderful experience, loved the people there, came home. And I was always told, oh, when you're on your mission, you'll figure out what you want to do. Yeah. No, not for not for me. I was like, no, I still uh, I still don't know. And I came home. I did a whole other year, still kind of unsure of what I wanted to do. Um, during that year, I got into a uh, a comedy troupe on campus at BYU. It was called the Garens. It was BYU's first sketch comedy and improv troupe. And I had some good friends in the group. And I think somewhere along the line, we probably toyed with the idea of maybe we could do this for a living. Um, and that seemed kind of fun to do something creative, kind of entertaining. Um, but I didn't, I didn't hear about a lot of people with families that made a living doing comedy, strictly improv. Yeah, strictly. Com- I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, they're out there, but but statistically, I didn't feel like right. it was going to be a tough market. Yeah, it would be a tough market, <laughs> and I'm not that talented. So I was yeah. like, no, I don't know. So I looked at advertising, thinking, well, that's still something creative. And, um, but also something I could support a family on. So that's, that's why I kind of chose to go that direction. Uh, and got an English minor cause I wanted to be copywriter, creative director at an ad agency. Okay. So, so yeah, um, graduated in advertising and, uh, got my uh, first job with an ad agency in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, we, I was actually doing public relations. So I'd done an internship at NBC in Burbank, California, and I thought maybe I'd go kind of go that direction. So then came back to BYU. Katie, my wife, was finishing her degree. She was also like eight months pregnant with our, with our old, with our first. And, uh, so I started applying for jobs and, um, applied for a job with an ad agency in Las Vegas and they called and they were like, hey, we'd, we'd like you to come interview, but we looking at your experience and your resume, we think you'd be a better fit for public relations. And like we were, you know, we just had Abby, our oldest, and so, yeah. and I needed a job. So I was like, yeah, you bet. I'm totally interested Let's in go, public yeah. relations. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, so yeah, I took a job there at the ad agency doing public relations. And, um, and I was there for a couple of years and then, I don't know. Do you want to hear my whole 
career history or is that uh I mean we can we can move off of that. So you feel like your education right now, are you using that at all, what you learned in college? I'm not using it right now, uh specifically in advertising. And my career kind of it kind of zigged and zagged. So I was doing public relations and then um and then I had a neighbor who was like, hey, I, uh, you should come. We need someone to do marketing in our in our bank. It was okay. a local business bank in Las Vegas. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really know anything about banking. And he goes, oh, it's just selling money. So, so yeah, so That's he lined up. That's easy to sell. Yeah, Everybody yeah, right? wants to buy it. <laughs> Everybody wants that. <laughs> so, yeah, he lined up an interview for me, and I went and interviewed and got the job at this bank doing marketing. Cool. So I was there for a number of years, and then – I had a friend in public relations who was like, hey, you should come work at this uh, firm that I'm at. So I kind of jumped ship uh, from the bank and went to this firm that very quickly, within months, shut its doors. wasn't doing really well. Yeah. So then I I went to a Christmas party and was talking to a buddy about, yeah, I'm looking for a new job. And uh, a mutual friend of ours that was there was like, oh, I didn't know you were looking for a job. I'll, I'll hire you right now to do sales. And uh, I said, oh, what are you selling? And it's like, well, I, you know, it's uh, residential windows. Like, it's not money. <laughs> yeah, it's not money. <laughs> but it is something people are interested in. Yeah, so we worked with home builders yeah. uh, selling windows. And uh, I was like, well, I don't know anything about construction. And he's like, you'll be fine. And I needed the job, so I was like, okay, I'll take it. So I did that for several years, and it was, uh, I loved the people I worked with. It was great. Um, the industry started to slow down. Housing construction started to slow down in Vegas, so I started looking around again and had a friend that did uh, commercial insurance, like liability and workers' comp. And so I kind of started talking to him about coming on to work at the agency he was at, and he lined up a an interview for me with the president. So I went and met with him and got a job doing insurance. So then I had to go get my insurance license. Okay. But I did that for a few years and then... Kind of a different direction. Yeah, it was, yeah. that was learning. I mean, I had to learn banking and then I had to learn construction and yeah. then I had to learn uh, insurance. And so, and again, I loved where I worked and I loved the, pe- the people there. Yeah. But it was always kind of like open to other possibilities um right then i met uh then we came up to utah uh for a family reunion and i met my wife's we were staying at her uh her aunt's house and she was like oh i want you to meet my neighbor so i went and met her neighbor who was interested in hiring me to do sales for their company up here in utah and they sold a chemical for treating concrete so it was another industry i didn't know anything about but i was like well i think i could do sales and so I jumped in and started doing that that job eventually brought us up to Utah uh, I le- then left that job and went to work at an ad agency and so I was using that degree you went again back to, there you were doing like marketing advertising then sales yeah concrete yeah and construction <laughs> and yeah then back into it a little bit yeah then working at an ad agency and then um, and then I had a neighbor that I was serving with uh, together and calling that worked here at Philanthropies, and he told me about, oh, you should come look at, uh, you should come look at working at Philanthropies, which I had never heard of and didn't know what that meant. But um, 
there is, if I can look back at my career, you know, over 25 years, if there is a constant, it's that all of it was relationship building. It was always working with clients. It was always trying to figure out what it was somebody wanted or wanted to do and strategizing with them. So there was something kind of consistent in it, but um, it's varied. I feel like I've gotten to do a lot of different things. I will stay at this job until I retire. Good, cool. Now that that's recorded, I have to do that. (laughs) I love it here. I think this is what I'll do the rest of my uh, career. But but yeah, it's been the pathway has gone kind of kind of crooked but i think that's the way it was supposed to that was the direction it was supposed to go right so the way that you tell the story it sounds like things kind of just happened like you just were like okay i'm kind of needing another job and oh you found it and like (laughs) it was just there and just magic just happened right (laughs) like over and over yeah but but do you feel like there was some some struggle? There were there were times when it was oh, kind of absolute, hard. Yeah, absolutely. There were times of um, you know there were times of unemployment. Yeah. Uh, I would I kind of uh, would often find myself working in small companies, which which there is some excitement to that, but there's also yeah. some risk, and sometimes it didn't. It just didn't pan out, and so yeah. um, I would end up having to look for something else. Right, like you said, some of them like kind of. Kind of fizzled. Yeah, yeah, they do. Doors shut. And uh, so, no, there have been um, there have been times where it's uh, either unemployment or underemployment. Like mm-hmm. maybe I have some work. I'll, I'll find some freelance work, some projects, but it's yeah. not enough. It's right. just kind of helping to tread water while I find the next opportunity. So in many ways, I've been blessed to to find a new job, a new path. But I certainly don't want to undersell it that it was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. one door closed and then another opened. And yeah. it was, um, no, I think that's I think for me, uh, I don't think any of us came to Earth to kind of skate through it. You know, right. we're here to we're here to be tried. We're here to learn. And I think for me, the Lord knows. Oh, I know where Ken is. <laughs> I know where he'll learn in his career. Um that's that's just kind of I don't know, that's just the grounds where the Lord has usually worked right. with me in in changing or growing or stretching has yeah. been. I mean, faith there. is effort, right? And Absolutely. the Lord loves effort, so sometimes He requires a good deal of effort from yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's been an interesting. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting career path. I feel like uh, I've definitely been blessed with. Um, with who I married, hmm. which, you know, Katie, yep. she is. Um, so we were in the comedy troupe together in college. That's where we met. And um, I just remember, I can remember when we were first married, being in our little apartment and, you know, both of us still in school and working these part-time jobs and just trying to get through. And she was like, I can't wait until we're done with school. We are going to be so wealthy. <laughs> and I was like, wow, we are. And she's like, you're just so talented. It's going to be, oh. yeah. And I was like, I mean, who doesn't want to hear that, right? Yeah, of course. From their spouse, too. Like, what kind of confidence she had. Yeah. And it's been, you know, 26 years later, and I feel like the joke's on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of. Like, when I think of um, when I think of wealth, like, for me, like, even when the Book of Mormon, when it talks about prosperity. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, in Alma 37, I think it's verse 13, it talks about, like, 
If you keep my commandments, you will be prospered in the land. Right. And if you don't, you'll be cut off from my presence. Mm-hmm. And we'll cut off from his, like, when you think, oh, I'll be prospered in the land. I'll be financially blessed. Yeah. But then he says, if you don't, then you'll be cut off from my presence. Well, the opposite of, of wealth isn't being cut off from God's presence. It's, it's, I think there's more of a spirit of abundance. I, mm-hmm. think, I think prosperity does include financial blessings, yeah. but I think it's also abundance of, of the spirit and of faith and of the people in your life and, um, and even your posterity and, and, and things like that. And so if you want to measure wealth in, and what I feel is I've been blessed with, I, I absolutely feel wealthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, no one will accuse the Craigs of, I'm on this end of philanthropy where I'm asking people yeah. if they would like to give right, money. Right. No one's asking me if I'm ready to hand over yeah. thousands of dollars. Um, but I, but I definitely have felt prospered throughout my life. And, um, and so much of that has come because of my relationship with my wife. There have been these times where, um, during stints of unemployment or job transitioning where I am stressed and she is even keel. Like she just has all the faith and confidence that things are going to be okay. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) it's a hard thing to, when you feel like you have a family that you are responsible for providing for and you feel like I'm not doing a very good job of that right now. The stakes are high, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. There have been times, there have been times, yeah, where I just feel low and I'm like apologizing for our situation. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah. for what? I'm like, you know, for everything. <laughs> she's like, no, this is not, you're going to have to stop apologizing. Is what yeah. she usually says. Like, we'll be, we'll be fine. Yeah. And we have, we have been, we've been blessed. We've never, there have been lean times. There's been hard times. We've never gone without, we've always been, been blessed. And so that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so for me personally, I'm like freaked out about getting married and like working and college and doing everything. Like it's all right yeah, now. Yeah, this right? is your decade of decisions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, how did you do that? What advice would you give? Like, did you? It doesn't sound like you waited a super long time to have kids or anything. Yeah, or did not you? Real. I mean. It's so funny, Austin. I think, uh, you know, there are people who who just have plans and know what they want, like from kindergarten on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I, like I said, I started college going. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I kind of started dating that way. Like I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I want to get to know as many people as I can and find out what I like and and um, what's a good fit and you know how do our personalities line up and and all of that. And I think there is definite. Uh, benefit to uh, to dating a lot. Um, you've heard my, I don't know if when you were younger, maybe you'd never heard my parable of the sandwich. Huh. When I was, uh, um, when I came to BYU, there was a sandwich shop called Gandolfo's and a friend of mine asked me to come with him. So I went and I got this, the Coney Island. It was this roast beef sandwich. I thought it was great. And we went back probably once a week for a year and that's all I ate (laughs) and then uh, so then I asked out a girl that I worked with to lunch and we went to Gandolfo's and I was like oh what are you getting she said I want to get the Brooklyn Bridge it's this turkey with bacon I'm like what 
that sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried that and it was good. And then I was like, why? I've only been eating this one sandwich. Yeah. And so I tried all these other sandwiches. I went there all the time still. Then Katie and I, on our one of our first dates, we went there and I got the Godfather, which was a breaded chicken with mm. mozzarella and marinara. And okay. it ended up being my favorite. Yeah. Coincidentally. I can see why. And I was like, I always think, what if I had only stuck with the Coney Island? Yeah. Like, it was good, but... But you would have How never would I found have not the known? Godfather. I yeah. wouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> and so I do think that there is a benefit to to dating um, a lot. Huh. And uh, and so for me, I don't know, I dated and I even got in uh, a couple of pretty serious relationships before I started dating Katie. And, um, and sometimes there are things that were obvious. Oh, this isn't a good fit because of this or that. Yeah. Sometimes it was just an impression of... Uh, this is a good thing and you can choose it if you want. You, you There's potential for greater happiness, mm. which I, I don't mean as a slight to the person I was right, dating. Right. I'm sure they are happier with someone yeah. else too. They probably had the same impression. Yeah. Um, but it was a feeling of you could be, you could be happier. And then when I started dating Katie, it was just a feeling of, boy, this is different than any other relationship I'd been in. And I, I probably had a little, I mean, I was nervous about getting married. It's a, yeah. it's a decision that will affect every day of the rest of your life. Eternity. Yeah. Eternity. <laughs> yeah. I feel like eternity is much easier than mortality, True. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's for the rest of eternity. Yeah. It's not a small decision. And so it was, I was, I had, I was nervous. I had, you know, uncertainty and, but it was kind of just a day at a time. So when I started dating her, I was like, boy, this feels different. And the more I'd also always kind of compartmentalized my life, right? Like these are my friends here. This is my comedy troupe family. Right. This is who I work with and this is who I'm dating. Yeah. And never shall they all meet. Yeah. I kind of and then I don't know why, but I remember when I was dating Katie, I was like, Well, she's already in our comedy troupe family. Yep. But I wanted her to know Everyone. everybody. I just wanted her to know my life and I wanted to know hers. And so that was also different. Hmm. And um and I think because we had been friends before we started dating, we had seen each other in different light. I'd seen her stressed out. I'd seen her sad. I'd seen yeah. her elated. I'd seen her, and and she'd seen me that way. And so it was, uh, there was no performing for each other. It was like, what what you see is what you get. And so um, it just came, it just started to become a thing where I had, I had confidence that we could build something happy to, together, yeah. which I don't think I'd had before I felt like a spiritual confidence. This could be, this is going to be a good thing. We could build something really happy together. And I just didn't want to be without her. I just thought there's nobody like Katie. So it was, there were some feelings that were immediate, yeah. but also it was gradual. So I don't okay. know. My counsel just be find somebody who you feel equally yoked with. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not having to do all the lifting in the relationship. Right. Um, and uh, who meets you kind of toe-to-toe spiritually, yeah. um, who's compassionate, who's forgiving. Those are, kind of, those are kind of some of the attributes I always tell my kids. Someone who is filled with faith, someone who's compassionate, someone who's forgiving, and someone with a sense of humor. Because yeah. being able to laugh through things is, it just kind of softens the edges, yeah. right, of life. So yeah. that's, that's my advice to you. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. From there, where did kids come into it? Oh yeah, so we did. We started having kids uh, 
about two years after we got married. Okay. And um, and we were finished. We had decided, I think when we first started school, we thought, well, we'll wait a little bit. And then yeah. we've been married about a year and a little bit. And we thought, well, okay, well, let's, let's start praying about it. And, um, and we felt really good about starting our family. And it took a little while. But once we got started, you know, we have eight children. So it was kind of, <laughs> yeah. it was about every two years. And um, we were both from big families and we were kind of excited to have, to have kids. And I don't, I honestly don't think we ever talked about how many kids we were going to have <laughs> until after our sixth. Oh man! <laughs> after Becca was born, we were like, gee, right. how many do you think we're going to have? Right. How many more can we do? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and we've, kind of we felt good about having another one and then after seven we kind of we kind of it became more of a, an intentional praying about it and then we we knew there was another one and then after hillary was born after our eighth was born we we both felt like that's right. it yeah or that's 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 all of them they're all here yeah um and i you know now they're now they're adult now i'm expecting my first grandchild right i've got two yeah. of my kids married and a son coming off his mission tomorrow and and I've got half of them are adult children now and the stakes are higher. I'm remembering when they were like the physical exhaustion that comes of taking care of little kids. Um, and now they're, you know, making their way in the world and I can't help but, but worry about them. And these are good people doing good things. And I still am so, uh, prayerful for, for good things to come to them. I just, uh, I want them to feel the joy that's out there and not the, not the weight of the world, um, which is hard. The world's loud. It wants you to, yeah. Wants you to stress, but um, yeah. but there's so much. There is so much. I feel like the family unit. Like if you want, if you want a good world, and you need a good community, and if you want a good community, you need good families. Starts with the family. Yeah, I think I think a strong family strengthens the world. Yeah, and uh, and I have personally just found a lot of joy and a lot of fun with my kids. Not you know. They're not perfect, but they—they're perfect for me. Like I just think the world of huh. the world of them, and um, and I like spending time with them. So, a lot of what motivated me in my career—I didn't love every job I had, but I felt like it funded my life. Right. You know, like I didn't feel identified by my job. I felt like I'm doing this for my family, mm-hmm. and and um, that's kind of what always motivated me. Even through the hard stuff, was like, well, I want my family to be okay. I want them to be happy. I want them to have what they need. And, um, so yeah, so that's kids came along and now grandkids are coming along. And for me, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, they're, yeah, you worry about them, but I don't think the, I don't think my, for me, I don't think my highs would be as high without them. Yeah. You know, so kind of what it sounds like to me, right. Is the joy of having a family and seeing them grow and just all of this is is the focal point yeah. of life and everything else is to get that yeah right, that's right. Yeah. whether it's education or work or this dating and yeah. all of the stress involved in everything it's to have this great joy right yeah yeah i mean i think that's what heavenly father wants for us right i mean joseph yeah. smith taught that each commandment was for our happiness mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's what you know men are that they might have joy i think that our Heavenly Father wants us to be happy. I don't think he leads us into... I think he allows trials to come because I think that's part of our learning. But I don't think he allows trials to come to to break us. I think it's to 
I think it's for our happiness. Yeah. So I think we can see it. It's there. Uh, but again, I don't mean to minimize trials. Uh, I mean, we all feel them. They're there. Talk to, yeah. talk to anybody. They're so, real. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. Right. absolutely. But worth it. Worth yes, it. Yes. That's absolutely. the key. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. So, okay, switching gears a little bit. Yeah. Thank you again, like, and great advice. I hope I'm giving you what you need. No. I hope you're getting what you need. This is so cool. <laughs> it's it's good. So switching gears to kind of a fun fun thing. You you've done some acting. Yeah. Too. Well then. Was that like you were in college, you're like, I really want to be an actor. You're you're going around as a dad, you're like, I could be a dad slash actor. <laughs> or how did how did you fall into that? So uh, a mission companion of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, became a good friend. And when we got off our missions, we were rooming together and he, he was a theater major okay. uh, at the time. And, um, and his name's Lincoln Hoppe. You've probably seen him. He was Deverell in the singles ward. Okay. Uh, he played, uh, Martin Harris in the recent, uh, witnesses movie. Okay. I need so, to see that still. It's great. You'll love it. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he's great in it, but we were, we were roommates and he came home and was like, uh, you know, one day when at BYU and was like, Hey, uh, I saw a flyer hanging up for this comedy troupe. Someone's starting a comedy troupe. We should go audition. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, you should. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, no, you can come do it. You can be funny. And I'm like, not when like someone's paying for it. Like, you know, like they're in an audience watching and yeah. I'm like that. I've, I don't have any history in that. And, uh, yeah. but he kind of talked me into it like, Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be something we can do together. And, and so, uh, yeah, so I went down and auditioned and they were desperate enough to let me in the group. <laughs> and so, uh, we started that in January, and then over the summer, several members of the group left on missions, so we needed more more people. So we held auditions that fall in September, and that's when Katie, my now wife, got in the group. And so we were friends for about a year, and then we started dating and then got married. So I maintained that I was led to be in that group yeah, because that's where I would meet my wife. So... Um, but yeah, so we met, we had a lot of friends in that, from that comedy troupe that kind of stayed in that industry. So we moved to Las Vegas. We were there 14 years. We moved back here and I just had friends here that were, that were in that industry. So they would call and be like, Hey, can you, can you come do this commercial or can you come audition for this? And, and same with Katie, you know, can you guys come audition for this and that? And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how some of the acting has come about is just knowing people who were like we need a ken craig type guy in yeah. this because i don't i can't play a lot of other people <laughs> i'm pretty limited in my i think range, that's, acting I think range. that's normal though so, like most actors are playing somebody kind of like kind of like them right? <laughs> yeah so that's kind of how that came about and that's been a really fun thing especially if yeah. i can do it with my family a lot of my kids uh you know we've been in commercials together or yeah. um, or some plays together and that's that's kind of a fun fun thing it's just part of our family culture right when your parents are both performers then uh you're as kids you're kind of exposed to it and you think oh okay i could do that or yeah so yeah that's kind of a thing we do so all of your your acting sort of opportunities whether it's commercials movies whatever have been kind of just through connections that you had pretty much that's kind of been uh that's kind of been a career uh dynamic for me like you know when i was talking about the jobs I've had almost every door that opened to a different job was because of just through a network of, of people I I knew which is one of the things I just wholeheartedly believe about about business is that business is 
relationships, yeah. businesses, individuals. And so um, I, don't, I don't think you ever want to burn a bridge. I think there is mm. worth in every, um, in every connection that way. You know? Every relationship. I think so. I mean, obviously yeah. not any toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah. There. There's but like I, a few that you got to Right. And you'll know with. early on. But yeah. I, think, I think just because you might meet someone that you work with who has different interests or, or, or a different lifestyle or whatever is no reason to say, well, I guess we won't be friends. Yeah. I, th- I, think there is, uh, I think there is value in, in every connection and every relationship. Um, and it can open doors of opportunities that you might not even suspect, you know? Yeah. And so... Um, uh, I, I was serving with the with the gentleman that I mentioned earlier who worked here in philanthropies who um, you know he's older than me and most of his kids were grown and gone so it wasn't like we had kids that were friends we weren't in the same age bracket we weren't in the same industry but we served together in this calling and that opened this door yeah and it's always yeah that's just one of the that is that was that's advice or counsel that I would give to anybody in college still getting an education or in the workforce is, um, building relationships, building connections mm. will will open doors that you may not even think about at that at that time. So, uh, yeah. So be just be careful about burning bridges. I would always yeah. I would always uh, seek out opportunities to to build bridges. Yeah, that's crazy. Because for me, I've always thought like, all right, I'm gonna just grind. I'm gonna work so hard. I don't really have that much time for a social life. But for you, it's like, well, you might want to make some time, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's, I think it's definitely valuable. And yeah, um, yeah I, I think I can. So yeah, even even with doing some fun acting stuff. In fact, when so Katie and I had done improv in college, that's how we met. We, the whole time we lived in Vegas, we never did. There just wasn't opportunities, and yeah. we were kind of we had young kids. There wasn't really a lot of time for it. Then we moved up here, and a friend of ours was managing Comedy Sports, which does improv Okay, just downtown. And he was like, you guys should come do improv. And we're like, yeah. Like, we had literally not done it in decades. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, maybe sometime we will. Yeah. And he called back, you guys should really come down and do it. We're like, yeah, we, you know what? We will. Sometime we will. Yeah. And he called back, great, I put you on the schedule for Friday. Nice. <laughs> we were like, oh, my gosh. So we kind of jumped right into the deep end. And it was a little terrifying, but – yeah. Then we've met people there as well, which has also been connections to other opportunities. And so, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I just think there's always a value in building a bridge with, with somebody and uh, opportunities will come through that. I promise that. I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, honestly, like a lot of your success in life in general, like all of this, all of a lot of your prosperity has come not through this traditional, like, get an education and it's been on that path, right? You're going down this path of education, work, family, all of that. But it's like you did like an extracurricular thing. Yeah. And that opened up a ton of doors for you. And now you've done this, this other, it's been improv. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is a lot of the, um, not to get too philosophical, but I think that, um, I, I think that each of us comes to earth with a a personal mission or a personal ministry, something that we've been given gifts and talents to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that can be done through your career, through your job. I think more more often than not, it's it's just within your little sphere, your little world, meaning not just what you're doing for work, 
but who your neighbors are and who you serve with at church and whatever extracurricular things you might be doing. It might be sports or performing or whatever. But within that sphere of influence, you have a personal mission and a personal ministry, and it's always going to involve the people around you. Um, there are people there that are waiting for you to to minister to them, to to lift, and someone else is going to be that for you. Yeah. And um, and so I think being aware of our our circles of influence, the people that that we may see through through our ward family, through our neighborhood, through our through our jobs, and through other ways, as uh, there's work there to do joyful work hmm. so i think um i think that's been uh definitely blessed my life being yeah. aware of those connections and and uh and trying to reinforce them so if how, that makes sense no that makes sense that's really cool actually really powerful how do you recognize that though along the line like how do you recognize where your mission is what it is does that make sense yeah I think I think there are a few ways that you can be um, like directly aware of that. I think yeah. your patriarchal blessing can give you very specific information about. For you, has that been? True? Yeah, it's told me uh, my patriarchal blessing has outlined um, certain strengths, certain yeah. things to be you know mindful or aware of, like kind of warnings, and some opportunities. Yeah. That looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, that's what that was. You yeah. Know, but at the time, it's sometimes hard to see it, but. <clears throat> But I think, yeah, patriarchal blessings can. I think life experiences. Hmm. Ask your ask your parents, what do you think some of my gifts of the spirit are? Because yep. they know you, right? They, and um, or even friends, what do you think some of some of my gifts and talents are? I'll tell you, one of the most powerful experiences for me was this is going back to um, to Katie, and one of those moments of unemployment. Yeah, it was right before I started working here. I was working at a company that shut its doors and I was kind of, and I knew that there was an opportunity here, but I knew I had to wait for it. The timing was such, it was going to take a while. Yeah. So Katie and I were talking kind of one night, just kind of philosophically about, about work, about careers. And I, you know, I was interviewing at places and uh, I came home and she's like, I've given this some thought and I think we need to stop looking at your resume and what your experience has been and broaden that to, what are your talents? Like, what do you bring to the table? Yeah. She's like, you're a good storyteller. Um, you value relationships. Mm. You can strengthen people. You know, it, it, you have a hard time sometimes seeing your own strengths or I, I do. I don't, I, I don't yeah. feel like I'm really good at this, you know? Um, no, it's hard I, to see yourself accurately. It, you're looking right, outside all right. the time, right? So to have a spouse or a good friend, who can do that with you. Like for me, when she was telling me this, like you should be looking at a job that where you can do storytelling hmm. and where you can strengthen people and where you can, um, you know, build something and, and value individual relationships. And I'm like, what does that look like? Well, it turns out it looks like this job, Man. you know? And so I was like, cause that's what I do when I, when someone makes a donation to humanitarian aid, I get to go visit them and say, here's the projects that we did with the donations that you made. And, and so I get to kind of tell a story of how they are impacting people's lives. Well, I love that. Yeah. That's gotta be a cool oh, yeah, spiritual amazing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And then 
and then I want to know more about that person. Maybe they're interested in humanitarian. Maybe they're interested in in, in building a scholarship at BYU Hawaii because they have connections there, right. or they you know lived abroad or or whatever. And so, uh, it was a wonderful perspective for me to have. So when so when my wife shared here's some talents and and some spiritual gifts I think you have, it broadened what I thought I could do yeah. in my career as well as in a personal ministry and so i think uh, your patriarchal blessing talking to family members or and good people friends who know you well, who know right? you you might be even just get a blessing you know and set a setting apart for a calling or a blessing from a, a you know a, a priesthood leader and and something could be mentioned that you think oh that i also think you can pray about it I yeah. mean, president nelson has really encouraged us lately about learning to receive personal revelation and i think um there's so much value in that and being able to be directed in yeah. your life is, um, is huge, is key. And so I think those are some of the ways that you can find what your personal mission or ministry yeah. is. I think if you have one and you do, yeah. your Father in Heaven wants you to know what it is so you can right. do it. <laughs> so you can exercise that, uh, yeah. fulfill that prophecy that he's kind of made yeah. or whatever, right? That's cool. And so essentially you've you look at these traits, your spiritual gifts, we could say. And from that, look at the connections around you, your circle of influence, and apply those spiritual gifts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you're you're golden. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, you're you are engaged in and in building individuals, right? So yeah. I mean President President Nelson said, anytime we do anything for anyone that like that lifts them, that lifts their faith, then we're doing the savior's work we're building the kingdom yeah. on both sides of the veil and yep. so um so i think that is the work that we're all engaged in our, our personal or unique missions and ministries fit into that that main work but it's who am i specifically working with and and to love and to help and and uh, and how i mean how can i use my talents and abilities to do that and sometimes it is in your career but i think um more than anything, your career can be a vehicle for those relationships that you that you build along the way. Yeah. So really, in your life, these loving relationships are essential. That's yeah. how you, I guess, see God's hand. For me, yes, absolutely. I, I think that's been a theme that's throughout. Cool. Yeah. Good. Well, I guess... To close up, like what, if you were telling your kids right now, right? If your kids who are in like college, whatever, came up to you and they're struggling, they're stressed, they're bored, whatever, <laughs> what, do you, what do you say to them? Um, I, th I think my counsel to them would be don't, don't feel like you need to rush. Hmm. You can take some time to figure out what, what you're interested in doing what you're passionate about um you don't need to panic that there is some kind of timeline like there's a hmm. egg timer on and you need to decide your major and graduate and get into the workforce yeah i, I think you need to get married start having kids like you're 25 you're you're on you gotta yeah. be on that path yeah. moving no i think there is value in being um and having the lord the Lord's hand in your life and feeling and feeling like you're being directed yeah. by the spirit rather than 
just running full bore and trying to get everything right. uh, done. And a lot of times uh, there is that pressure of um, get in, get it done, and then move on. But I don't, that's, that wouldn't be my counsel. Um, uh, it's, you don't need to be in fifth gear. Hmm. You can learn as you learn as you go. Enjoy the experiences that you're having. They're for your, you're for your benefit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the car in park either. <laughs> right. But sometimes there are hills. You gotta be in yeah. a lower, lower gear. I'm yeah. going a little slower. Yeah. So I think, again, I think if you're building a, a relationship, uh, with the Holy ghost where, you know, when, how to receive personal revelation, and then you're willing to exercise that faith, trust the Lord and kind of lean into it and, and move forward. Um, and you see the Lord's hand. I think that's the most reassuring thing you want at this time of your life. Right. I think, I think a lot of, um, uh, people in that decade of decision, uh, you know, kind of in your, your time of life right now are probably like, I, I am paralyzed by worrying that I'm going to do something wrong, that I'm going to make yeah. a misstep. Right. And then I've gone the wrong way down a, a path. And, um, and I think if you're being prayerful and you are, you're seeking that, that reassurance through the spirit, um, you don't need to worry that you're going to, the Lord's not going to let you do that. Yeah. Really quick. There's another experience I just thought of, of course. but at one time when I was jumping careers like that and I was working a day job and two other part-time jobs, and this is when I was bishop, mm -hmm. so I was stressed, and I was coming off of doing a, a project that had taken all night. It was early in the morning, and I called Katie, and I was like, I, I need you to talk me off the ledge. Like, I don't know what to do to make this work. Yeah. And she said, why don't you get a blessing from uh, Tracy Truman, uh -huh. a great mentor of mine. And I'm like, I don't want to bother him, which I think is a lot of... A lot of times we feel like, like yeah. I don't want to bother someone to ask for a blessing. I've never regretted asking for a blessing, yeah. <laughs> but I will still sometimes be like, well, I don't want to bother them. Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, okay. So she got off the phone. She called me back like two minutes later. Well, I called, I called <laughs> Tracy Truman. He said, we can come tonight and you can get a blessing. Good. And so I, and that was my whole concern was I keep going i keep trying different industries yeah and i'm not making traction with them like yeah what am i doing this wrong yeah so i'll never forget getting this blessing and, uh, and president truman said you've been given many gifts and talents and that's why you've had many career opportunities like mm. varied career opportunities and i'll tell you austin it was so reassuring to me like i haven't made a misstep so i've done different jobs in different industries i'm where i'm supposed to be yeah. And whatever's next will be the right thing also. It doesn't have to look like my neighbor who knew from kindergarten on that he wanted to be an accountant. Yeah. And now that's what he does and everything seems to work out for him. But that's not the case for everybody. And we shouldn't be comparing or measuring ourselves to however other people's lives are, are working out for them. That's between them and the Lord. And, um, but I felt that reassurance. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that that would be, uh, be my other counsel is don't worry too much about making a misstep. If you are if you are keeping covenants and you are seeking good things, the Lord's not going to let you you know walk off into the woods. Yeah, he'll he'll direct you. And, he's there. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely there every step of the way. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks was... for listening. I'm... Thanks for listening. <laughs> Sorry if I uh, feel like I rambled a lot. No, but, uh... this is, it's an interview, right? I want to hear from you. I don't have anything that I'm. <laughs> I don't have that experience. So, well, I think you're doing good things already. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, awesome. Then we'll close there. Thank you, you so so much. Thanks for all. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.